This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 19th, 2017. You are priceless. 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 Some so precious that its value cannot be determined when its worth is measured in terms of other than market value. That's our focus this month. Uh, Two weeks ago, we looked at God's priceless love. Last week, we looked at our priceless opportunities. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the idea, the fact, the incredible realization that you are priceless. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Before I pray, I just want to say... It's soup time again. We served 50 families this past week in our food ministry and actually ran out of food. We had a lot of food, but 50 families is a lot of people. And so bring your cans of soup in or peanut butter or boxes mm. of mac and cheese, that kind of thing. We have like seven so, freezers full of Yeah, we've got, yeah. We, That's a lot of food. It's a huge ministry. And so soup time. All righty. <laughs> Uh, Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for the opportunity to bring soup in. That's sharing God's love in a practical way. And um, Lord, thank you for this time that we have this morning. For each person here that they made a decision to wake up and just show up. And I pray, Lord, that they will receive a blessing by being here. A blessing from you, a tap from you. It could be a a smile, a hug. a new thought about scripture, and we pray, Lord, a new or renewed way to think about themselves. We give this time to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and everybody said, amen, amen. Well, about a year and a half ago, we shared a message called, God is Extravagant. God is extravagant. And so in that message, we looked at a parable. A parable is a teaching of Jesus, a short story that tells a greater truth. Jesus talked and taught in parables. There's a parable in chapter 13 of the book of Matthew. Matthew's in the New Testament, and it's called the Gospel or the Good News of Matthew, and it's all about Jesus, all about Jesus. And these are the words of Jesus as he is teaching. Parable of the hidden treasure and the pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Now, when we take a look at this, um, at first look, this treasure in the field, we might say that Jesus is the pearl of great price and that, you know, Jesus is the treasure in the field and that when we find Jesus and claim Jesus as our Lord, that um, we're willing to let go of everything else to kind of sell out to Christ. That's, That's a great interpretation and one that we believe. But what if we take a look at this parable in a 
different way. We kind of flip it to be almost the exact opposite. What if the parable is pointing out that you are the treasure in the field? What if it says that you are the pearl of great price? That you are so priceless that God basically gave all that God had, his son, Jesus, God gave him up to purchase your sins, to buy your um, life back, so to speak. What if you are so priceless to Jesus that he was willing to give his very life for you, which he did? Now, that means that you are truly priceless. I wish I could point, you know, you, 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 you're priceless, you're priceless, you're priceless, you're priceless. That is the absolute truth, each and every one of you. The challenge for most of us, perhaps all of us, is this, that even though the, the parable, as interpreted in that way Carrie just did, tells us that we're priceless, at one point or another, we all feel anything but priceless. Anything but priceless. Sooner or later, something happens, and we end up feeling not priceless, but worthless. Just the opposite. Worthless. Having no real value, no use, having no qualities, no purpose. Worthless. And we have to say, well, how does that happen? Well, sometimes it's just flat out somebody says it. They say, you're worthless. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe a coach. Maybe a, a sibling. A, maybe a friend. A, you name it. And the challenge is we believe them. We buy into what they're saying. We, we, we let what they say become our point of reference. Sometimes it's a little bit more subtle and Maybe an under-the-breath comment, a snide remark, a humorous jab that wasn't so funny. And, and then we start thinking about it. We start picking into it kind of like we pick at the scab on a wound. And the more we pick, sooner or later, it starts bleeding, starts hurting, and we start believing, don't we? Start believing that we're less than valuable, that we're in fact worthless. Maybe it's the result of a bad decision on your part, a poor choice, a big mistake, uh, resulting in embarrassment or ridicule, maybe even shame. Resulting in a self-assessment in which we shortchange ourselves of the value that we were given at birth. Maybe it's the result of a relationship that's gone south. And we feel worthless because we've come to measure our value through the eyes of that person. We've come to measure our worth in terms of how someone else values us. Maybe it's the result of allowing our own insecurities to catch up with us. Wherever it comes from, this feeling of worthlessness hurts doesn't it? It hurts bad. I, I think we all, at one point or another, have had that feeling. 
I know it hurts me. Maybe you're feeling it right now. Feeling worthless is one of the most deflating, depressing, discouraging feelings in the world. Coming face to face with the idea of being worthless can be absolutely devastating. And the thing about this, this, this idea of being worthless, this idea of you having no value, that you have no use, here's the thing, it is a lie. It is a lie. Say it's a lie. It's a lie, it's a, lie a flat out, no way around it, who told you that kind of lie? It's the kind of lie that is absolutely the farthest from the truth, farthest from reality. The idea that you're worthless is the kind of lie that originates in the father of lies, the father of darkness. It's the devil. It's Satan. Satan wants you to feel worthless. Satan wants you to believe that you are worthless, that you have no value, and will work very hard to convince you of that one way or another. It's Satan that kind of plants those worthless seeds in your head or in your heart and they start to grow and then it just gets like weeds and they get so entangled and then you begin to believe all the lies that are absolutely untrue. And the question is this, how could you possibly be worthless? It makes, it makes no sense, no logical sense. God created you in God's image. As the scripture says, in the image of God you were created. And God created you for a purpose. God just doesn't willy-nilly create. God creates with a purpose in mind. Why would God create you for a purpose only to have you think you have no purpose. It's like, duh. Why would God have gone to all the trouble of creating you, unique you, one-of-a-kind you, never to re be re repeated again in the history of humankind you, one and only you? Why would God have created you in God's image if you have no value? if you are, in fact, worthless. And here, here's a fact, an absolute fact. It's impossible for God to create something that's worthless. That's contrary to God. Here's how I know that. You read it in Genesis, right there in the first chapter. On the sixth day, when God finished the creating... At the end of the day, he looked at all he had made, and that was a lot. <laughs> he looked at all he had made, and God said it was good. And then he said, it's very good. Very good! He didn't say, oh, it's good, with the exception of that one guy, you. I don't read that, do you? It's nowhere in the book. Oh, it's good, except that guy. No, no. He said it was good. It's very good. In fact, all of it's very good, and that includes you. Say, that includes me. 
Now let me see you smile. <laughs> like you mean it. Yeah, there you go. So when we look in Matthew again, chapter 10 of Matthew, it's, um, we find where Jesus is preparing the 12, his 12 disciples to go out and do ministry in his name. And he is telling them that they need to go preach the good news of the kingdom of heaven, heal the sick, cast out demons, even raise the dead. And he tells them that they need to travel light, to not take anything extra, to stay with those who welcome them. And if they're not welcomed, leave, leave town, shake the dust off their feet and keep moving. He also tells them that he's sending them out like sheep among wolves. Oh. Sheep among wolves. Have you ever felt like a sheep among wolves? <laughs> you know, we're in this post-Christian world. It's tough to be a Christian. Sheep among wolves. And he's telling the disciples that they should be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Mm. He goes into some detail about how rough this life is going to be, how what they're going to encounter lots and lots of challenges, that they will face trials and tribulations, and don't we as well, as those who take a stand for Jesus. But then he tells them to not be afraid of those who can kill the body, because a body may be able to be killed, but no one can kill the soul. No one can kill the soul. I remember when Koshi Baby was here, Pastor Koshi and his church, Carmel Community Church and School, we support them. Um, at, we send a portion of tithes and offerings over to them so that they can thrive and do ministry that we're not able to do. In, and in, in India. In India, in India. And Koshi said, and he lives in these, this place where his life is at risk every day. I mean, it's, it's not good. And he said, you know what? They can kill my body, but they can't kill my soul. I am, you know, my foundation is in Jesus. Wow, I have never forgot that, forgotten that. So Jesus says, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body because they cannot kill the soul. And save your fear for God who truly holds uh, your body and soul in his hands. Mm. And then Jesus says this. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. In other words, fear God. I don't think he's meaning to have this trembling, cowering in a corner fear of God, but a healthy, reverent, all-filled respect for God's power as he holds the keys to both body and soul in his hand. And at the same time, as you're realizing this awesome reverence for God, realize how much God cares for you. Realize how much God cherishes you. Realize just how priceless you are to the one who created you. Basically, he's saying sparrows are a dime a dozen, and God cares about them. How much more does God care for you, your situation, your condition, your salvation? God knows you, and God cares for you so intimately that he knows every single hair on your head. 
Now some of us are making that easier for him by the day. It doesn't take a lot of counting, eh, Mike? Amen, Amen brother. <laughs> Amen, brother, and I'm, I'm catching up quick here. But look around, there's still a lot of hairs in this room, aren't there? Yeah. God's he knows got where it. the hairs used to be. Huh? He knows where the hairs used to be. <laughs> He's counting them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's got every one of them counted, and that's because he knows you intimately. And that's because he cares about you intimately, and he loves you beyond measure. And that's because God knows that you're priceless. Yeah. In the New Testament, there is um, a book called Ephesians. Ephesians was written by a guy named Paul, called Apostle Paul, uh, because he saw Jesus. And um, Paul was a church planter. He started churches, and one of the churches he started in Greece was the church at Ephesus. Now, in this um, second chapter of this letter that he wrote to the congregation of, um, in Ephesus, to the church at Ephesus, he tells how they were once dead in their transgressions. That means dead in their sins when they followed the ways of the world, the, the ruler of the kingdom of the air, which he refers to as Satan, and the spirit who is now at work. He talks about the spirit at work and those who are disobedient. Dead in these transgressions, we deserve wrath. It's not a word we use very often anymore. We deserve wrath. Because in these transgressions, um, we cave into satisfying cravings of the flesh and thoughts and desires that are contrary to what God would want. But dead in these transgressions and us deserving wrath, Jesus instead says that I love you with infinite love and mercy, and I will give you new life in Christ. That is such a good thing for us, sinners as we are, that we can have new life in Christ. And it's by grace and grace alone that we accept this relationship that we are saved, not by faith and not by doing any good work, but by grace, that unmerited love, that we can't do anything for, we can't do enough for, except to receive and say thank you. Now those things that we do is a response for that grace. It's not, you know, we don't do it for grace. It's our response. And so we can't boast about anything we've done. Now Paul finishes um, this section in Ephesians by saying this, I love this, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God's handiwork, handy work. It's an interesting word. Something that someone has made, has created, has crafted, has brought into being by hand. In this case, God's hand. Wow. We've been, you've been, I've been fashioned by God's hand. Isn't that just mind-boggling? In the New Living Translation, they, they, uh, they translate this 
slightly differently, for we are God's masterpiece. Masterpiece. Makes all the sense in the world, though, doesn't it? Because if God is going to fashion something by hand, even you and me, could it be anything but a masterpiece if God fashioned it? And if it's a masterpiece of God's, could it be anything but priceless? Now, we think it's safe to say that we all like attention. We enjoy some praise, some kudos, you know, that what we do isn't in vain. We like people, we like to know that we mean something um, to somebody at home, at work, at school, in the community, family and friends. It, it's important for us to feel valued. That's just how we're wired. We want to feel valued. And so we're challenging you as a friend, as a family member, as a coworker, as a volunteer, as someone who connects with other people, which we all do one way or another. It's important to allow God to use you to help others feel valued and loved. We are meant as men and women of Christ to build each other up, not tear each other down. And I'm telling you, we do tear each other down in ways that we probably don't even mean. It could be a look, it could be a phrase, it could be an email we didn't mean, it could be all kinds of uh, a lack of response. Let's not do that. Let's, let's be builder uppers and open everybody's open spirits instead of close each other's spirit because it helps people know that they are valued, that they do have worth. Our challenge, our personal challenge, each and every one of us, is that sooner or later all good things come to an end. At some point, the others who we counted on so strongly to give us value, to give us worth, sooner or later, they may not be there for one reason or another. Death, change in our relationship with them, a move, physical, emotional, spiritual move. All too often there comes a point where we can no count, longer count on the ones from whom we used to receive our value. Sometimes these people are replaced by others. Sometimes we find someone who else, else who will do that job for us, but not always. And if we're not careful, if we only look to people, people around us, to find our worth, then we may once again, as we talked about earlier this morning, find ourselves feeling worth less, worthless. Our true sense of value, our true sense of worth, our permanent and eternal sense of value and worth really does only come from one place, and that's God. God who loves you, who cares for you, who made you, you are his handiwork, you are his masterpiece. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God does not break God's promises. We break promises all the time. In our humanness, we do things that hurt each other. Um, our lives, uh, 
eventually come to an end. We can't always count on what we see today. But our ultimate value and worth absolutely needs to come from God. Because when we pray, place another person in that position, that's temporary. We're not meant to live forever, and we break promises. And so we're here to tell you today that God and God alone is the one who created you and who made you a masterpiece and gives you utmost worth and value because you are priceless. And so we have a challenge for you today. When you leave, actually when you prepare, as you're getting ready to leave today, we want you to pledge to yourself that in reference to yourself and those around you, you will take the word worthless out of your vocabulary. Now, I'm not talking about your stuff, like you may have a, a computer from 1990 that at this point is worthless. Or that flip phone, no offense. Some people here might have I know. One. It might be getting close to. No, not a flip phone. That would never happen. Maybe you have just some stuff that we're not talking about stuff. We're talking about people. You, everybody else. Take that pledge that you'll take that word out of your vocabulary you will not give Satan the satisfaction ever again of planting that word like a weed in your brain to take over your thinking. Is that, is that a siren? It is. Let's pray. Holy God, uh, we just pray for whatever that situation is. We pray for the responders. We pray for those involved. We pray that... Um, if there is damage, that it would be minimal, and if there's any uh, injury, that it would be minimal. We, we pray your hand over that whole situation, Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. The flip side, as you prepare to leave today, we ask that you pledge to allow yourself the privilege of being open to the reality that God created you. <laughs> As Scripture tells us, God created you and knew you even before He began to form you. Before He created, as He was creating you in His image, that God created your inmost being, knitting together, you together in your mother's womb. As Scripture tells us that you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Allow yourselves the privilege of not just knowing that, but reminding yourself of that even daily. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by God, and God don't make no junk. God made you, and because of that, you are priceless. That's the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray.
Holy God, hard to believe that the God of all creation, you, Lord, think that we're priceless, but how could we be otherwise since you created us in your image? We're your handiwork. We're your masterpiece. Wow. Please help us to listen to your voice, your gentle whisper. And please help us to not listen to the evil voice that would want us to believe that we are worthless. Please help us to ever focus on you, God, and know that you think we are priceless to the point that you gave your only son who would die for us that we might live eternally with you. I, I pray that each one here would know that, that your Holy Spirit would open each heart today to that fact that you gave your son away to the cross so that we might live. I, I pray that those who have not opened themselves up to that before would this morning, that they would say, here I am, Lord, in their seats up here on the steps back in the prayer corner, be able to say, Lord, I'm here. I'm, I realize that I am so priceless that you died for me so that I might live through eternity with you. Lord, here I am. Please be a part of my life. And I pray that each one who maybe already knows that is able to pledge to that once again, opening themselves up to you, Lord, once again affirming that you are, in fact, Lord and Savior, that you are priceless as you created us to be priceless. We ask these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Connection Community Church agreed by saying, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692.